0: What's up and welcome to Ask for the Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God desires for you and all of us to be. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and the list Goes on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, do some research, and hopefully respond to your questions in such a way with an answer that is helpful for you to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue, to conform your life to our Savior Jesus Christ. However, the disclaimer is this I am not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, if I give you some bad advice, then I want to give you the freedom to reject. Whatever it is that I say that is not in line with Jesus and his church, that is not help you to grow in holiness. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into our Savior, Jesus Christ, in prayer so that he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first-time listener, hit me up with your own questions, comments, concerns, and critiques at Ask Father Josh at ascensionpress.com. You can also please rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. This helps other people to find out about the show. You can also share us on your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the list goes on. That also helps people find out about the show. Finally, I have two books out with Ascension Press, uh, Broken and Blessed, An Invitation to My Generation, and Pocket Guide to Adoration. Both of those books are available at www.ascensionpress.com. So please support that if you can, and if you think those books can be a gift for you and your relationship with Jesus. On today's show, we are going to address um, a lot of family stuff, a lot of things about relationships. So we're going to talk about our first parents, Adam and Eve, and like were they real? Were they really our first parents, or was there like a group of people who existed? Um, We're also going to talk about uh, marriage, and what do we do um, if somebody is Catholic, but they were married by the Justice of the Peace, and they were never actually married in the church. Um, and then finally, we're going to talk about uh, consecrated virginity and consecrated single life. For those of you who've been watching my uh, masses on Ascension Press's Facebook page, um, I do it every day at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard, Standard Time. Um, I typically pray for people um, in the state-of-life vocations to the priesthood of religious life, marriage, but I also mention consecrated virginity, virgins, and consecrated single life. And people have been hitting me up saying, what is the difference between consecrated virginity and consecrated single life? And so I will address that on today's show as well. But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story, or two, or three. All right, first glory story just so like since this quarantine has been going on, um, I've just been getting really creative with ministry, and so we've been doing a lot of things differently. Um, but anyways, recently I was, I was uh, doing ministry on my front lawn, and so I was, I was on my front lawn ministering to people six feet apart, obviously, um, and as I was doing that, uh, one of my uh, newer neighbors across uh, the street um, in one of the, the trailers across the street pulled into my driveway and was like, hey, um, excuse me do you do that thing where you, you know, bless people who are getting ready to die? And I said, you talking about the last rites? Uh, he said, yeah, yeah, that. And I said, yeah, I do that. And he said, um, well, my mom's in hospice. Could you come and, and, and uh, pray with her? And I said, I would love to. So after I got done ministering to the people who were hanging out my front lawn, I, I walked over and uh, met my new neighbors, and, uh, and it was very beautiful. I got to give his mother the last rites. Uh, she was a Catholic and she had just moved in with him a few months before. Um, uh, And then um, basically at the end of that conversation, after I spent time praying with her and then praying with him, uh, he and I talked a little bit more and he expressed a desire to, to come to the church when the doors of our church open up again. And I was like, man, Jesus, talk about your mercy. Like this Would have never happened if the quarantine wasn't going on. And because I I don't do ministry in my front yard. Like I have an office, I have a church. Um, I never do ministry at the rectory. But because of the circumstances, I was doing ministry at the rectory. And I was like, man, Jesus, that is so beautiful how you have made sure that this beloved daughter of yours has received the sacraments uh, that Peter, Dr. Peter Kreef, describes the sacraments as a ladder that God himself built to climb down to get to us. Not, not a ladder that he built for us to climb up to get to him, but it's a ladder he built to climb down to get to us. So God came to her. God visited her in the sacraments right there in her trailer. And her son's coming back to the church now. So that's an awesome, glorious story that probably would not have happened. So there's so many good things that come out of this season of the coronavirus where so much bad has taken place. So many people have suffered in so many profound ways um, that are, I can't even imagine, but so many good things have come out too. Um, another Good thing that came out of this coronavirus um, in this season of my priesthood and my walk toward eternity is that... As we've been doing these Facebook Live Masses on Ascension Press's Facebook page, um, I've noticed a number of people who have left the church who are tuning into the Mass, which is very beautiful. So a lot of my parishioners also, like, man, Father Josh, it's crazy. My relatives who um, haven't been to Mass in years, who were hurt by a priest or who were hurt by a circumstance or whatever, they've been tuning into Mass. And so hopefully the Lord uses these online virtual Masses to draw people back to The sacramental life of the church that Jesus Christ founded 2,000 years ago, whenever the doors of our church could open up again. And finally, um, I just love my parish. Uh, they surprised me last week with a parade and um, just to thank me um, for being their father and their pastor. And I just, I love my bride here. They're so beautiful, they're so good. These people are just the best disciples of Jesus Christ ever. So they surprised me and the kids and um, the elderly and everybody else in between. Uh, drove past my rectory honking the horns, waking my neighbors up. And uh and did a little thing. Somebody even gave me some toilet paper. Um, so that was that was, that was nice. Uh, I'm I'm good, you know, on that, but uh I was grateful for the thought. Uh, it's the thought that counts. But it was the good kind of toilet paper too. You're like, you know how some toilet paper is too rough. Like they gave me the like that good kind that's like soft and So I was actually very grateful. I was like, this is if you're gonna give me toilet paper, I am grateful for that kind. So shout out to my parishioners for providing for me during this time, during this pandemic. Um and so yeah. So the Lord in the midst of all this Suffering that's certainly happening has been also been bringing about some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things um, in our church and our community. Now, before we get into the topics, I want to also share with you some feedback. sip on my coffee Mm. I like my coffee to be black and white Mm -mm -mm -mm. alright so this comes in from one of our listeners by the name of Megan, Megan writes this "Uh, hey father I have been listening to your podcast for a while now and I've loved every second of it and every song that you've sung I actually have some song recommendations for you at the end every time I hear them I think of you and would love to hear what you think of them. Let me go ahead and skip to the end real quick since I'm ADD. So one song is The Saint That Is Just Me by Danielle Rose. Yeah, I heard that years ago. That's an old song. Um, so yeah, I have heard that. Show Me by Audrey Assad. I have not heard that song, but I do love her music. My favorite Audrey Assad song right now is Teresa. Jesus, I need you. Love her, don't leave me. Could you call my name just to plunge me deep into the darkness? Do you know that I can't Whoa. even hear your voice? Ooh, so good. It's all about Mother Teresa of Calcutta in the Dark Night. Um, Be Born to Me by Francesca Battistelli. It's about Mary. Never heard of that song, so I'm going to have to check that one out. Sing to Jesus by Fernando Ortega. I've also never heard of that one. In the Morning by J.J. Heller. I don't know that song, but I do know J.J. Heller, and she is a talented musician. My favorite song by her is, Who will love me for me? Not for what I have done or what I will become or who I will become. Who will love me for me? And she has another one called, um, oh, man, it's, um, Scenes of You Come Crashing Through. You are breaking me down. Oh, wait. So tear me into pieces that will fall to the ground. I know that I deserve to die for the murder in my heart. So be gentle with me, Jesus, as you tear me apart. Mm -mm -mm. Please kill the liar. Kill the thief in me. I'm tired of their cruelty. Oh, that one goes hard. And then you have uh, Pieces by Sarah Kroger. Don't know that song, but I also like Sarah Kroger. All To Be by Audrey Saad. Don't know that song, but I, again, like Audrey. And Run To The Father, As Good As It Gets by Matt Marr. Oh, and As Good As It Gets. No, you know, I love Matt Mar. Me and Matt Mar are actually doing a conference together on May 6th with Vagabond Missions. You can tune into that if you go to vagabondmissions.com. Matt Marr and I are doing a conference together May 6th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's to benefit the poor. Um, And so if you can please support that um, online conference, uh, we are going to be able to feed a lot of the poor um, in the community. And so it's a very beautiful conference that is all about the poor. So yeah, please tune into that. But yeah, um, so back to your feedback. Um, Megan, I'm sorry. As you could tell, the ADD gets the best of me sometime. As you say, Megan, uh, you've helped me grow in my faith and in my desire and longing for Jesus. I've said many times in prayer, Lord, teach me to love you. Ah, oh, like Father Joshua. Well, look, Megan, like God bless you. Thank you for like, uh, I mean, I could love him better. Let me just be very clear. I do love Jesus and I'm in love with Jesus. Uh, but he loves me so well and the father loves me and I, uh, Yeah, I have Kapok's day, but I don't always love him as well as I should. So, Lord, teach me to love the Father the way that Jesus loves the Father. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Your relationship with the Eucharist is especially beautiful to me. I'm praying for you. Gosh, thank you so much for your prayers. I have a glory story for you. Um, I'm 19, and I have many chronic and mental illnesses, which impact my life quite greatly. My illnesses are actually the reason I came back to my faith and started veiling, but that's a glory story for another day. Uh, The symptoms that have been most debilitating for me lately are brain fog and depression. The brain fog makes it hard to think and remember stuff, and oftentimes I can't even figure out what I'm thinking at any given moment. Depression makes my emotions very numb and makes it so I don't know what I'm feeling sometimes, oftentimes. So as you can probably imagine, these things have been weighing heavily on my spiritual life. I'm also in desolation now, so that's been difficult too. I am entirely distracted in prayer and have been having trouble discerning God's voice and knowing for sure if I love God, or if I'm just going through the motions like I am for everything else in my life right now because of those symptoms. Well, public masses in my area have been canceled for three weeks now, so I've been watching TV Mass on Sundays and doing the spiritual communions. And every time I do the spiritual communion, I feel this deep grief and longing, and I start crying. I know that sounds bad, but Father, it is exactly what I need, because each time it happens, it's like God is showing me, using my own emotions, that you do love me, Megan. This is real, and I am here. And honestly, that affirmation, which comes from this grief, is everything I've ever wanted. Um, that reminds me of the, the Backstreet Boys song. You're all I ever wanted. Wait, is that Backstreet Boys? Or is that Insane? I don't remember. It's from the 90s. You're all I ever needed. Yeah. So tell me what to do now. Because I want. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, to know that when I say I love you, Lord, I actually mean it. Um, I love you, Lord. That's a that, that's Matt Marr song right there. You are my strength. Because I've always struggled with saying it before because I didn't know for sure. But now I do. And it's just such a beautiful gift that all the emotions I can't feel right now, the Lord let me get a glimpse of into this particular one that I needed so badly. My all-time favorite Bible verse is, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. From Song of Songs. I love the Song of Songs so much. There's a beautiful book called The Cantata of Love. Ah, so good. Uh, This time of quarantine without my beloved. Wow, it's so nice to finally say it. I know it's true. Uh, will be and is very hard, but it's given me such a joy and a longing that I've never experienced, and that is such a beautiful thing uh, to me. Um, thank you so much for your ministry. I actually started reading scripture and wanted to go to Adoration Daily Mass because of your podcast, and I'm so eternally grateful for those gifts you've given me. I'll be praying for you, offering up my sufferings this week for you. Thank you for being a father to me when I needed one. God bless you, Father. Oh, God bless you, Megan. Yeah, you know, one of my good friends is a consecrated virgin, uh, which I'll talk about later on the show. Her name is Jen Settle. I'm blessed to have a few friends who are consecrated virgins, Emily Byers and Lafayette, Jen Settle up north. But anyways, uh, Jen Settle had the most beautiful insight and in prayer about national family planning. And she said, as a consecrated virgin, she's a bride of Christ. She's married to Jesus. And she said, going without the Eucharist, going without receiving Holy Communion was like the first time in her life where she got to experience what it must be like for couples who are married sacramentally and who desire to become one flesh with each other, um, but for whatever reasons have discerned that they can't manifest their love to each other in the intimate act of becoming one flesh. So they have to find other ways to love each other and receive love and give love. And she said, um, as a bride of Christ, she longs for Holy Communion to become one flesh with her bridegroom. And this quarantine has Um, drew her by God's grace to show her love to her bridegroom Jesus in new ways and receive his love in new ways as well. So I think it's very beautiful that you have recognized that he loves you and that he um, wants to continue to be intimate with you, Megan, but in new ways. Um, And so I I look forward to hearing from you in the future what some of those ways have been that you've experienced intimacy with God outside of um, receiving him in Holy Communion um, during this season of the quarantine. All right, so let's uh, jump into... uh, the show First question comes in about a mom and dad, the original parents. Are Adam and Eve the original parents of everyone? Uh, This is from Carmelina. Carmelina says, I was recently asked, are Adam and Eve really the parents of all? Did all people descend from them? Um, Kindness regards. What's the proper answer? So, yeah, Carmelina, uh, they are our original parents. Um, uh, Pope Pius XII Wrote a really great uh, encyclical. It's a letter called *Humani Generis*, um, and in that encyclical, he like definitively teaches us that Adam and Eve were two literal people uh, who we must believe existed. So some people like to say, "Oh, Adam and Eve did not exist." No, like like there was a man and there was a woman. Like, what, what's his name? Adam? No, that we don't know, right? Um, but I think Adam just means man. But like, there was a man, an original man, and there was a woman um, who are our parents. He teaches that original sin was passed down to all of us from them. So that's why there has to be two parents, because otherwise if there were other people that didn't sin, then there would be like perfect people that existed because original sin is passed on to all of us from our mom and dad, Adam and Eve. This is what he says in section 37. uh, Original sin which proceeds from a sin actually committed by an individual Adam in which through generation is passed on to all of us, Um, as in everyone as his own. Um, So that's from that great encyclical by Pope Pius XII. But my other favorite book, The Catechism of the Catholic Church, also addresses this. And it specifically teaches that Adam and Eve were our first parents. They were created and was called in an original state of justice um, and holiness. CCC three seventy five. Um, they lost this when they sinned, um, and all humans are descendants of Adam um, and are implicated by his sin. Uh, so Cain and Abel and Seth and all of their offspring um, all have received original sin because of because of what they did. So um, yes, yeah, so we definitely came. There were two original people mom and dad, Adam and Eve. It wasn't like a group of people. It was two people that we all came from. Um, so that was a easy question. Great, great, great question. Um, I guess confusing these times because everybody likes to deny the Bible. Um, but no, they, they are real. Uh, we're real. Um, and so, yeah. There's actually, you know, this past week, the week uh, leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday, um, and specifically uh, Tridome Holy Week, uh, before Easter Sunday, we were reading, I think, an office of readings on Holy Saturday, I think it's Holy Saturday, the reflection of the descent of Jesus um, into the realm of the dead. And it, it's a beautiful reflection on him going to to save Adam and Eve. You know, right? Remember Genesis 315, God, God spoke to the Satan and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. And basically, yeah, like Jesus came to like rescue mom and dad, Adam and Eve. So really cool. All right. Continuing on with uh, some really cool questions. Uh, Thank you, Carmelina. Next question is from Lindsay. Lindsay writes about vocation to consecrated single life. Hey, Father Josh, my name is Lindsay. I'm a new listener of your podcast, and I've been enjoying it a lot. My question is this. Do you think that lay single life is a legitimate vocation? I've heard of consecrated lay singles, and I'm wondering how that works. Also, how does it differ from consecrated virginity, virgins as a vocation? Can you expound on this? Thank you. God bless, Lindsay. Yeah, so, all right, there's three vocations. There's vocation to the present moment. There is vocation state of life. And then there's vocation to heaven. So all of us have been called by God to become saints in heaven. Like that is the universal vocation. It's called the universal call to holiness. That is our destination. That is our end. Like that's what we should be focused on is like abiding in relationship with God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth so that we can be with him in heaven forever, for all eternity. All right, universal call to holiness, to be a saint, number one. Number two is this. How do we get there is through um, the means of the, cons- uh, the the vocation to the present moment, um, which is being virtuous, being holy, making an authentic gift of ourselves in the present moment right now, whatever I'm doing, if I'm a student as a student, if I'm a doctor as a doctor, if I'm a garbage man as a garbage man, if I'm a, um, a stay-at-home mom or dad as a stay-at-home mom or dad, whatever it might be, like the, the present moment vocation. Um, and then there's a state-of-life vocation. State-of-life vocations um, are marriage, religious life, priesthood, consecrated virginity. And I would propose consecrated single life. Consecrated single life is not the same as a lay person who is single. Um, so let's go into that real quick. So focusing on the question being consecrated virginity, consecrated single life, and then lay singles. So a consecrated virginity, consecrated virgins are, are women. They're, first of all, consecrated virgins are only women. Um, they are women who are virgins. So, um, and then they are women who are virgins who make a public consecration um, to their local bishop. Um, And so in the catechism, it says from apostolic times, Christian virgins and widows called by the Lord to cling only to him with greater freedom of heart, body and spirit have decided with the church's approval to live in the respective status of virginity or perpetual chastity for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Virgins who committed to the holy plan of following Christ more closely are consecrated to God by the diocesan bishop. According to the approved liturgical rite, they are betrothed mystically to Christ, the Son of God, and are dedicated to the service of the Church. By this solemn rite, the Virgin is constituted a sacred person, transcendent sign of the Church's love for Christ, and an eschatological image of the Heavenly Bride of Christ and of the life to come. Uh, and so consecrated virgins um, are, are, are these women who are virgins who make public consecrations to their bishop, um, and they, they basically they live in the world they continue to live in the world in some aspect um, as a bride of Christ. So they do not live in a religious community of nuns um, or other religious sisters, though I guess if there was room in a comment for a consecrated virgin to live there, they could, but they wouldn't like live their communal life. They would still live out there. Um, in the world, serving God in many different respective um, ministries and, and in the secular world and jobs to support themselves um, so that they can be a witness to the world of the, the beauty of what it means to be a bride of Christ. Um, I know a few consecrated virgins, Jen Settle, uh, Jennifer Ely, Emily Byers, um, Elizabeth Rizzo. Like there, there are a few down here, a few up there who I've met. They're very beautiful. They're awesome. Um, and, and it's really beautiful that the rite of consecrated virginity is, is very similar to a priestly ordination. Um. And so, like, they walk in with, like, a white dress, and they have a lamp, and they, they lie prostrate, and it's just, it's super beautiful. Um, and uh, the bishop gives them their, you know, the ring and all that. It's so, it's, it's a beautiful rite. It's really awesome. Um, so, that is, like, and I think that's the highest form, too, of, like, consecration is consecrated virginity. Um, they could let me know, because they're going to probably hear this podcast and be able to to inform me on things I don't know about it. Um, but, yeah, men cannot be consecrated virgins, though. So, um. And that there's no right of consecration to a life of virginity found in the Roman Pontifical for men. However, men um, can still be consecrated single people, like which is different than just being a layperson who's single for the moment, who might get married, who might enter a convent, who might become a priest, who might become a religious sister or a closer nun or a monk or a friar, um, or become a consecrated virgin later if there's still a virgin and a woman um but like no so a man though um and women um can also be consecrated single people um and uh, this is basically if they just want to dedicate their their life to god um in service to the church in service to their neighbors in service to their community but like be intentional about consecrating it through a private through a private dedication um this has happened um for years in the church's history um Uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frasati is one of them. He was a consecrated single man. Um, Saint Giuseppe Muscati, he was a doctor uh, who decided that his gifts were of healing and the best way he could serve God and serve the church is by being a doctor and being available to the poor. Um, And He could not do that if he was a religious or a priest. Um, and so he said, I'm going to not get married because I want to give all my time and all my energy to people who are sick and suffering. And I'm going to do that as a consecrated single man. So he, they they take private vows uh, of consecrated life, um, consecrated single life as chastity and, you know, um, chast- chastity, celibacy um, and obviously obedience to the Holy Mother Church. But they don't do it with the bishop. They don't go to a bishop and have like a, a right. Um, it's something that they do private. Um, they could potentially do it with their pastor. Yeah. And so that's that uh, there's also an Institute of St. Gabriel um, through the Pauline family. Uh, There's a daughter of St. Paul, the Pauline priest, but there's like an Institute for lay single men um, who uh, can work in the world and profess the evangelical counsels the vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience that are recognized by the church, but they don't have, like, an outward sign of a habit. They live in the world, but they devote themselves to the service of the church as single men who are devoted to God. Um, Also, many men and women who—not many, some men and women who have same-sex attraction and who do not want to get married to somebody sacramentally um, of the opposite sex. So, like, um, they recognize that they're not called to marriage of someone of the same sex, and they they don't believe that they could— accompany a person of the opposite sex in the sacrament of matrimony. Um, they don't feel called to religious life. They might say, you know what? Um, and they might not be virgins. And so they could say, well, I, I want to consecrate myself um, as a single person um, through a private ceremony to the Lord, to, to God's service in my parish. And so that's a very beautiful thing that they could do. That's a beautiful witness. Um, then there, so if, if a person is just a lay person who is not married and who is not a consecrated virgin, who has not consecrated their single life to the Lord, who um, is not a priest or a religious, they, that's not a state-of-life vocation. That's a vocation to the present moment. So it, it is a vocation, but not a state-of-life vocation, if that's clear. Um, hopefully that was clear. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I think about that. We're going to take a quick break. and When we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about uh, marriage and divorce uh, and annulments uh, and stuff like that.
1: Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. It's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know (laughs) him. You may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will and it's a, journey of trying to figure out what god wants for your life and so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way there's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out I really like it. this is a book i wish i had as a young adult, like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way, to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making, and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource or encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah. So go get your copy of Pray Decide and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend.
0: Love your enemies. (laughs) Buy them this book.
1: (laughs) Go to ascensionpress.com and
2: get your copy today.
0: And we're back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at Josh at ascensionpress.com, and you can rate us, review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, share us on your social media pages, and both of my books, Broken and Blessed, and A Pocket Guide to Adoration are currently available at ascensionpress.com. All right, final question comes in about um, a divorced man. Hey, Father Josh, I am a Catholic, um, friends with a Catholic man who is divorced, and I have a question about it. He did not get married through the church the Catholic Church. Uh, He went to the courthouse and got married through the justice of the peace. If he gets married by the Catholic Church in the future, would he require an annulment before? So yeah, that's a really good question. So basically, um, if a Catholic male or woman gets married by the justice of the peace um, and never has their marriage um, sacramentalized later like by their pastor through um, a sanation or through convalidation, then That is not a sacrament in the eyes of the church. So it is a civil marriage. Um, It does not require a full-blown annulment. What it requires is a lack of form. So anytime somebody, a Catholic, gets married outside of the church um, without any kind of permission with any kind of um, delegation or dispensation um, from their bishop and the pastor uh, union with the bishop, then uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's the easiest kind of a, you know annulments per se. It's, they're called lack of form cases. You get the lack of form, bring the marriage license, bring the divorce decree, bring your baptism certificate um, and meet your pastor and get to work on it. And those things come in really quickly. Um, they, are, yeah, the, Yeah, I'm not going to give a time limit because every diocese is different, but they they could be um, done in a matter of weeks, depending on how quick somebody's diocese works. So, yeah, and then once that happens, once the lack of form case is there, which does not say they were never civilly married, it says they were civilly married, just it wasn't sacramental, it wasn't marriage in the eyes of the church and God, uh, then that person would be free to... Um, enter into a sacrament of marriage um, later on in life after going through proper formation and preparation um, for that sacrament. So, yeah. So, anyways, that's that. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer uh, as we continue to experience this coronavirus and this quarantine. Um, I'm going to read you something from this book that I've been reading lately, um, Insinu Yesu, and and then we're going to We're going to go from there. So, this is the prayer. Oh, my beloved Jesus, I'm happy to be in your presence. The psalmist said it to be near God is my happiness. There are no words to describe what it is to have you, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, so close to me. You are hidden, but I see you. You are silent, but God, I hear you. You are immobile, but you reach out to draw me in and hold me against your heart. One who possesses you in the sacrament of your love possesses everything. Because you are here, I lack nothing. Because you are here, I have nothing to fear. Because you are here, I cannot be lonely. Because you are here, heaven itself is here. And the myriads of angels adoring you and offering you their songs of praise. Because you are here, I need not search for you anywhere else. Because you are here... My faith possesses you. My hope is anchored to you. My love embraces you and will not let you go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, y'all, God bless. I will continue to pray for you Um, during this season of the coronavirus. Please pray for me and for my people here at Holy Rosary, and uh, I look forward to continuing to accompany you and your walk toward becoming saints. God bless. (music)
2: And that first thought error is cloud